We're going to kick off a, a sermon this morning. I mean, I want to talk to you about this subject, good intention, bad decision. Good intention, bad decision. Let me ask you something. Have you ever tried to do something good but just royally messed things up? <laughs> And nobody been like that? Have you had the best of intentions sometimes, but you end up making a bad decision? I mean, good intentions do not always bring about good results. We can have good intentions, but end up making a bad decision, which can result in painful consequences. And so in today's message, we're going to talk about a story of a man by the name of Uzzah. Everybody say Uzzah. Amen. You get to pronounce it like I do. Uzzah. Amen. We're going to talk about a story of a man named Uzzah who had a good intention but made a really bad decision, which resulted in some tragic circumstances and consequences for him uh, in his life. But also we're going to look at, amen, how, amen, we can avoid this mistake of making uh, this same mistake that Uzzah made of good intention, bad decision, and trust God to help us to make the right decisions in life. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter number 6. Old Testament book of 2 Samuel chapter number 6. Praise God. I'll give you a moment to get there this morning. 2 Samuel chapter number 6. We'll pick up reading at verse number 1. We're going to read down through verse number 10. Second Samuel chapter number 6, beginning at verse number 1, reading out of the King James Version this morning. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave or drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments, made of fir wood, even on harps, and on psalteries, and on timbrels, on cornets, and on cymbals. And when they came into Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of that place Perez Uzzah to, unto this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, 
the Gittite. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you in this moment, God, today, God, we come, God, seeking, God, what your word has to say to us, Lord. And I ask you, Lord God, Lord, to help me, God, this morning, God, to preach the message that you've laid upon my heart, God. Let me deliver, God, the message that you would have me to deliver this morning, God. And as your word says, your word will go out. It will accomplish what you've sent it out to do, and it will not return back void. And I ask you, Lord, all these things in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. We're going to talk about this morning, Uzzah's good intention becomes a bad decision. So you understand this story. The Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant. And it caused the Philistines so much torment, so many problems, that they sent the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. You can read that in 1 Samuel chapter number 6. It was kept temporarily at the house of a man named Abinadab. Uh, and you can read about how it got there in 1 Samuel chapter number 7. But as we come to 2 Samuel chapter number 6, David is preparing to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, back to the city of David, uh, amen, really where it belongs. And, uh, and Abinadab's got two sons, one's named Ahio and the other is Uzzah. And they are tasked, they are given the task of transporting the ark from the house of Abinadab back to the house of David there in Jerusalem uh, in the city of David. And so they place it on a new cart, the Bible says pulled by oxen, and began the journey of moving the Ark of the Covenant, amen, back from Abinadab's house to the city of David. Good intention, bad decision. Why? Because uh, uh, it's a good, it was a good intention to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. That was good. It was not good. It was a bad decision in how they transported the Ark back to Jerusalem because God had given them very specific instructions on how the Ark of the Covenant was to be moved. First of all, there was only one family in the tribe of Levi that was able, that was uh, under the authority of God to be able to move the Ark of the Covenant, and that was the Kohathites. Somebody say Kohathite. All right, y'all get to pronounce it like I do. Second, the Kohathites were commanded to carry the Ark on their shoulders. If you remember, the Ark of the Covenant had these rings on both sides, and there were poles that were inserted into those rings. And the men would pick it up, and they would carry it on their shoulder, and that is how they were to move the Ark of the Covenant. And in that way, they never laid their hands on or touched the actual Ark. They only touched the poles that they used to raise it with. And so that was the third thing. The Kohathites were commanded never to touch the Ark of the Covenant. Never. That was the place, we talked about it, I think, last week, where the very presence of God would come down and rest on the mercy seat between the two cherubim that were there. It, it represented the very presence and the very power and the very majesty of God himself, amen, on earth uh, in that place. And so he says, don't you ever touch the Ark of the Covenant or the things that are inside of it. The penalty for doing that... For disobeying God's commandment and touching the Ark of the Covenant, if you read it, and you can read this in Numbers chapter number 4, verse 15, the, com the, the punishment for breaking that com commandment was death. 
And so this is a very serious thing. And David and Abinadab and Ahio and Uzzah and the rest of the Israelites should have known what God's requirements are. In fact, I think they did know. But somewhere along the line, amen, their good intention of moving the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem became a bad decision. Because as they're transporting the ark, they put it on a cart, and they're driving it with oxen. This is not how God said to do it, number one. This is not the ones that are supposed to be doing it, number two. As we're going to see, I mean, what ends up happening is this bad decision that is made, even though it was a good intention, this bad decision made by David and Abinadab and Ahio and Uzzah and all the others puts Uzzah in a position where he's got to do something that God's Word says do not do. As they're driving the cart and as they're moving the Ark of the Covenant... The Bible says one of the oxen stumbles and the cart rocks. And you understand, Uzzah in that moment said, uh, uh, he had a good intention, right? The Ark of the Covenant is in danger. The presence, the, the place where the presence of God comes down is in danger. I mean, the, uh, the cart begins to sway to one side and Uzzah reaches out his hand to hold the Ark of the Covenant to keep it from falling. But he breaks the commandment of God. God said, don't touch it. Good intention, bad decision. Being concerned about the safety of the ark and trying to protect it was a good intention. But but disobeying God's commandment not to touch the ark was a very bad decision. I almost feel, you know, reading this story, I almost feel sorry for Uzzah. You know, because it's that split-second decision to say, I mean, you almost want to picture in his heart that he's got the right, he's got the right intention. He wants to do good. He's trying to keep the Ark of the Covenant, I mean, from falling off the cart, from being damaged. He doesn't want to see any harm come to it. But that bad decision that was made previously to transport the Ark in a way that it wasn't supposed to be transported put him in a position where now he had to make a rash decision and do something that God's Word said, do not do. I feel sorry for him in a way, but he reached out and he knew the commandment. He touched the ark of God. And in that moment, the Bible says God took his life. He thought he was making the right decision at the time, but it turned out to be the wrong decision. And it turned out to be a decision that had immediate and fatal consequences. You know, our good intentions can result in bad decisions as well. You know, some people look at this story and say, how could God do this? I mean, couldn't God just have overlooked this just this one time? I mean, surely God could have just left us off on a technicality, right? I mean, it, I mean, he had good intentions. I mean, couldn't God just overlook this one instance where, where Uzzah is trying to do something right? He, he thinks he's trying to do something for God. He thinks he's trying to do the right thing. Surely God can just overlook this. And let him off. I mean, chastise him, right? Come on. Chastise him. Teach him a lesson. Amen. Move on, right? Just, uh, amen. This is not a bad guy. This is, this is somebody that seems like is, is wanting to do the right thing. It's not a big deal, right? Wrong. Because guess what? God makes the rules. And we don't get to decide what's right and what's wrong. 
We don't get to do what is right in our own eyes. God's word, his holy and crafted word is the standard. There is no other. This is the plumb line. This is the foundation. This is the cornerstone. This is what we build our lives upon. It's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. This is God's word. And this is the only, the only, amen, inspired, infallible, inerrant word of Almighty God. You will not find it in another book. You won't find it in any other source or any other means. This is it. And it's what we're to live by. And when God says, don't do it, it's incumbent upon us to obey His Word. Anything that falls short of what is in this book is sin. This is hard. I, I tell you all sometimes, just buckle up through this part. We'll get through it in a minute. We'll be on to something a little nicer. <laughs> Anything that falls short of this book and the commandments that are written herein for us is a sin. And the wages of sin is death. Now for us, it's probably not going to be a death like Uzzah faced. Although, you will find it in the New Testament where God also, amen, uh, brought death immediately to a couple uh, that uh, lied to the Holy Spirit. If you remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira. So this is not just Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. But I thank God for grace because there's many times, amen, brother, that I could have been in a situation where God could have said, enough is enough. I'm going to put an end to this because I was in rebellion. And I was living a life of sin. And I was doing things that wasn't pleasing in the sight of God. I was trying to reach out and touch the Ark of the Covenant when he said, don't touch the Ark of the Covenant because you're unclean. Amen. God could have at any time just snuffed me out of this place. And I thank God for his grace that he didn't do it. And he's still, amen, a forgiving and a merciful and a gracious God today. Amen. But good intentions do not nullify or supersede the Word of God. No matter how good our intentions are, if we, if we disobey the Word of God, it is sin. Whether intentional or unintentional. Come on, you tracking with me? <laughs> whether through foreknowledge or whether through ignorance. The Bible says once you know it's a sin, once you know it's wrong, you better repent of it, you better turn away from it, right? So whether you knew it before or you knew it afterwards, or whether by commission or whether by omission, what does that mean? I mean, sometimes, I mean, we can sin by the things that we do, but sometimes we sin by the things that we don't do. Amen. God's word says do something. We refuse to do it. That's a sin unto us. Amen. So, amen, there's all these ways it can be a sin in our lives. But I want to talk about, amen, through the remainder of this message this morning. What are some ways that our own good intentions can lead to bad decisions? Number one, point number one is this. We can make bad decisions when we act before we think. Anybody ever, nobody out there is guilty of that. I won't make you raise. <laughs> I got one in the back dishonest this morning. Praise God for him. Let's look back at what caused Uzzah to sin. Uzzah made a split second rash decision and either momentarily forgot the commandment of God or ignored it. One of the two things happened in his life, and he responded in the way that he thought was best at the time. 
Again, protecting the Ark of the Covenant was a good intention, but disobeying and touching the Ark and transporting it in the way that they did was a very, very bad decision. How many times do we often make rash decisions in our lives? Amen? Because it seems best to us at the time, right? Uh, Without considering God's Word. What does God's Word have to say about that decision? Have we gone to God in prayer? Is that, let, me, let me ask you that sometimes. Do you make decisions in your life, important decisions? I mean, I'm not talking about what, I mean, whether you're going to get uh, milk or orange juice in the morning for breakfast, although that could be important. I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, life decisions, decisions that we make in our lives, I mean, that are, that are going to have long-term consequences or could potentially have that. Are we going to God in prayer? Are we asking Him for direction before we make the decision? Or are we making the decision on our own? Are we carrying God our plans and say, God, I want you to sanctify and bless my plans because I already got this figured out. Come on. Which way are we doing this? Are we taking our needs to God and say, God, I need your direction. I need your guidance. I need your Holy Spirit to tell me and direct me and lead me and guide me where to go and how to respond. Are we going to God's Word and looking at what God's Word has to say to us, amen, about how we're to live and about how we're to make decisions in our lives, how we're to raise our families, how, amen, we're to attend church, how, amen, that we're to do our business life outside of the church, amen. Are we looking to God for those answers or are we doing these things on our own? We can make bad decisions when we act before we think. When we do this, what we're really doing is taking God out of the situation. We're taking Him out of the equation. And we're left to the consequences of our own decisions. I tell my guys at work this. There are going to be times when I just tell you a task to do and I just expect you to go do it. You can figure out how to do it. You can figure out what tools you need, what equipment you need, what, what manpower you need. I'm just, I need you to perform this task. You do it in the way you see fit. And in that case, you make your decision. But if I come to you and tell you, this is how you're to do this task. Here's step one, step two, step three. Here's how I want you to do it. And you go off and do it your own way. And there's a problem. The consequences are on you. Because you made the decision to go against what I said and do it your own way. There's a reason why I said step one, step two, step three. Because I've been there before, done that, made the mistake myself. And I don't want you to make the same mistake that I made. You go through and do what I said to do and a mistake happens. Something goes wrong and you followed what I said to do. The, the, the responsibility is on me. Amen. And it's the same way with God. When we obey His commandments and do what His Word says, I can promise you this was one thing. God never makes a mistake. God never has an error. So when He says do something and we go the way that God says to go, it's going to accomplish what God wants it to accomplish in our lives every single time. But when we go against, we know what God's Word says. We've been taught from Sunday school on up to amen to today. We know what God's Word says. We turn away from it and we go our own way and do our own thing because we think maybe our way is better. And we make a mistake. The consequences, don't point your finger at God. 
You say, God, why is this happening in my life? Point the finger back at the one you're looking at in the mirror in the morning because that's where the problem lies. It's not in him. It's in me. It's in my life, amen, today. We can make bad decisions, amen, when we act before we think. We are to walk in the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our lives. You have one of the most precious gifts in your life as a Christian right now, and that is the Holy Spirit that is living on the inside of you. Amen. We should just stop and thank, praise God, and praise God for, the, for the gift of the Holy Spirit that is in us. Because I can tell you what, without Him, I would mess so many things up. I'd be so twisted up, messed up, and going in the wrong direction. Amen. But as we talked about last week or the week before, amen, when you get in and start reading the Word of God, which was given to us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, amen, that was, uh, amen, then brought about through, uh, amen, the revelation of God coming to us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then it, it is illuminated in our lives through the Holy Spirit. So when we read this, it's not just ink on a page. It is the divine Word of God that is going to give us guidance and direction, uh, amen, and where to go and what to do. And, it, and the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your life and He's going to say, okay, it's time to go this direction. Okay, it's time to make a change in this area of my life. Okay, it's time, amen, to, 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 to get a, a, in a better, amen, closer, more intimate relationship with God in this area of your life. Amen, I'm here to tell you, amen, we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, amen, to lead us, to guide us, and direct us so we don't make the mistake of acting before we think. You know, God even said the Holy Spirit would give you what to say when you need to say it. He told his disciples, don't worry about what you're going to say. You're going to get called in front of the, the magistrates, and you're going to get called in front of, amen, all these religious leaders, and you're going to get called in front of, of the Romans and all these. Don't worry about what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit is inside of you is going to bring back to remembrance all those things that you've heard me say, all the things that are in my word. And in that moment, I'm going to give you exactly what to say. And when, it's, when he gives us exactly what to say, like I said, God never makes a mistake. We need to make our decisions prayerfully. Putting our trust in God that he will direct our paths and his way is always the best way. Can somebody say amen to that? Number two, we can make bad decisions when we get impatient. When we get impatient. None of y'all have a problem with that. I'm the only one that has a problem with lack of patience this morning. So I'm preaching to me. Y'all can, can snooze and take a nap if you need to this morning through this part. You remember the story of King Saul, though? He made a bad decision because of his impatience. He couldn't wait any longer for the prophet Samuel to show up and perform the sacrifice. The enemy was approaching. He couldn't hold them off any longer. So Saul took matters into his own hands and decided to perform the sacrifice himself. Good intention, bad decision. Wanting to sacrifice to God before the battle, good intention. Taking that upon himself, who was neither a prophet or a priest, he was only the king, bad decision. 
Just like they made the wrong decision in how they transported the Ark of the Covenant, there was only one group of people that were to perform the sacrifices, and that was the office uh, of the priest. Amen. And in this case, Samuel filled that role as well as uh, the role as the prophet. He was to wait on Samuel and be patient because God doesn't just show up, amen, at the wrong time. Y'all understand that, correct? Uh, amen. God always shows up uh, at the right time, at the right moment. Uh, he's never late. He's always right on time. Even when, they feel, when it seems like he's four days late. Come on. And there's things dead in your life. I mean, it's done. You feel like it's dead, uh, buried, and over with. Uh, and there is no hope for the situation that is in your life. Uh, I'm here to tell you, just like He raised Lazarus uh, from the dead four days later, uh, He can still raise back to life. Uh, amen. What you need, amen, this morning. Come on. We get impatient. Amen. Saul said, I'm going to do this thing, man. I'm going I'm to perform this sacrifice. But disobeying God's commandment on that, how that sacrifice was to be performed was a bad decision. What about us? I mean, we wait on the Lord for a while, right? <laughs> amen. But there is a limit to our patience. Can somebody say amen? I mean, we live in a world today where it's all fast food, right? Get me through the drive-thru. I want it quick. I want it fast. I want it supersized just my way. Microwave Christianity. Come on. Come on, I want them to get my order right the first time. I want, come on, let's keep these cars moving. Let's go. This isn't rocket surgery. It's hamburgers. Come on. You're cooking them all day. Let's get them going. Let's get it going. Let's move through. I said no mayonnaise. Why is there mayonnaise on here? Hey, man. Come on. I said I wanted some Sprite, and this tastes like, I don't know, this just, there ain't no sugar in this water. Y'all need to fix something back there. Come on. We get so impatient sometimes with God. Hey Amen. Forget about McDonald's for a minute. <laughs> Poor lady in the drive-thru. Hey Amen. She caught it from us. Amen. But hey, come on. It's, think about our relationship with God sometimes. We get so impatient waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. We feel like, okay, I'm done waiting on God. Because <laughs> apparently he's just not going to show up. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to have to take things in my own hands do it my own. I mean, because... <laughs> I mean, I, I got to hurry up here. I got a schedule to keep. Oh, I want things to happen now. Come on, put it in the microwave. Pop it in there. Let's get it going. God is saying, if you would just be patient, if you would just hold on just a minute, you don't realize the glory. You don't realize the, pre you don't realize the power of what I'm about to do. You don't realize what I am capable of doing in your life if you'll just stop and be patient and wait on me to answer. Because if I answer it right now in the way that you want me to answer it, it's not going to turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. No. We need to be patient. Wait on God. His answer is always the best answer. I mean, what does the Bible say? Our ways are higher than His ways. Our thoughts are higher than His thoughts. Is that what the Bible says? No. But we think that sometimes, don't we? We won't say it out loud. That won't be part of our testimony in church service. <laughs> but we act that way in the way that we respond to God. In the way we take things in our own hands. In the way we get so impatient. And God is just saying, you don't understand. 
I know you think time's flying by real fast, but one day eternity is going to, you're going to be in eternity, and your life is just going to be a blip on the radar screen of the eternity of the timeline of life. One day eternity is going to take over, and we're going to be in that place. He said, don't worry about I got this. Amen. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. You got enough problems today to worry about. Stop worrying about what's going to happen. Stop trying to fix problems that ain't even showed up yet. Amen. Just start trusting God. Amen. And be patient and say, God, amen. Let patience have her perfect work, as the Word of God says. Amen. Number three. We can also make bad decisions when we do what is right in our own eyes. I'm going to go back to King Saul again for this one. King Saul disobeyed God's command to completely destroy the Amalekites. He had told them to destroy the men, the women, the children, the animals, everything. Destroy it all. Get rid of it. Don't save anything. Don't save any animals. Don't save any people. Don't do it. Destroy it all. But Saul decided it was best to keep some of the best of the animals so that he could present a sacrifice to God. That's a good intention. I mean, providing a sacrifice to God, wanting to give something back to God, that's a good thing. That's a good intention. But Samuel, amen, had to rebuke Saul and pronounce judgment on him that God would strip away his kingdom and give it to David, a man after God's own heart, because he disobeyed the commandment of God. It was a good intention to want to provide something to God. It was a bad decision to go against what God specifically said, do not do. He saved those animals and he knew he wasn't supposed to do it. Good intention, bad decision. What about us? We know what, what God's word says, but for some reason we decide our way is better, right? Uh, we decide, you know what, I got this. Uh, I, I, I can figure out, I know that God's word says we're supposed to do it this way, but I just feel like in my own spirit, I, I just feel like the, you ever heard anybody say this? I don't know why I'm going here, but. Here somebody said, I just feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me to go in this direction. And they're not following what's in that right there. They didn't hear the Holy Spirit. Come on. They, listen, they might be listening to another spirit, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit won't lead you against that. He's going to lead you in the right way. I mean, we can make bad decisions when we just want to do what's right in our own eyes. We feel like, you know what, I don't have to obey this. Surely this doesn't apply to me. Go back to the beginning where we talked about Uzzah. I mean, surely God could have just let Uzzah off on a technicality, right? He could have just said, you know what, I mean, I, I know uh, that, that he had good intentions. So I'll just, I'll just ignore that sin. I'll ignore what I said back in my commandments, what you're not supposed to do, and I'll just let him off this time. Do you think we're going to get to heaven one day and stand before Almighty God and He open up the books of heaven and begin to read, right, all the sins and all the things and all the ways that we went against Him and we never repented of those sins. We never turned away from those sins. We never uh, gave it to Jesus Christ. We never, amen, surrendered to Him as Lord and Savior. You think God's just going to look through that book 
and go through all those pages and go, eh, you know what? You had, you had a good heart. You meant well. So I'm just going to, I want to forget about all, you know, I'm just going to take my big eraser because I'm a God of grace. Gods of grace have big erasers. And I'm just going to erase all these sins and I'm going to just do away with them because you meant well. What does that mean? You meant well? <laughs> you know, meant well Christians aren't going to make it to heaven. Only well done Christians are going to make it to heaven. Amen. Only those, amen, that have done what God's word says. He's not going to turn. I think I've said this before. Do you think one day when, because the Bible says one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee, including Satan. Do you think when Satan bows his knee before God one day, as King of kings and Lord of lords, that God's going to go, Satan, you meant well. I mean, you really just, you wanted to take on some more leadership responsibilities in heaven, right? You wanted to grow your ministry. You wanted to grow your own influence. And so you meant well in what you were doing. So, Satan, I'm just going to, let's just forget about what happened. I mean, what's a little bit of uh, rebellion and all that amongst friends, right? No, God's not going to say that. We know what's going to happen to Satan. He ends up in the lake of fire for eternity. He is a victim of hell, not the ruler of hell. You understand that, right? <laughs> Amen. The, the Bible says that hell was designed and built for the devil and his angels. It was never intended for you and I. The only ones that go there are the ones that take themselves there because they refuse to obey that word and respond to Jesus Christ. We make bad decisions when we do what is right in our own eyes. God isn't going to overlook those things. I know this is a strong statement, but I'm going to make it. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Sometimes those consequences, amen, of those good intentions which end up being bad decisions, they affect us. More often than not, when we make a bad decision, the consequences affect the people around us. Good intentions will not get us to heaven. It's going to take having a life, amen, that's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Sin is sin, and all sin will be judged. And the only way to avoid God's judgment is to have our sins washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way, there's no other truth, there's no other life. I'm sorry, Oprah, I'm sorry, some of these other people who all roads lead to heaven. All roads do lead to heaven, but there's different results when we get there. Everybody's going to stand before God, but only those that go that straight and narrow way, only the ones that go by the way of Jesus Christ are going to be the ones that enter into that place called heaven. The rest, he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. There's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus. Our good intentions must be replaced with obedient faith. We can sum up all of these issues that we've been talking about with bad decisions with this. Taking matters into our own hands. When we put matters in our own hands, we take it out of God's hands. We show lack of faith in God's plans and we demonstrate lack of obedience to God's commands. I'm going to read that one more time. 
When we take matters into our own hands, we take it out of God's hands, we show lack of faith in God's plans, and we demonstrate lack of obedience to God's commands. But when we walk in obedient faith, we leave it in God's hands. We trust God's plans, and we obey His commands. That's what it looks like to obey the gospel. That's what it looks like to walk in obedient faith. And when we do that... Amen. We can make not bad decisions. We can turn good intentions into good decisions. Amen. Instead of them becoming bad decisions that end up taking us to a place that we don't want to go. Will you stand with me today? Let me, let me ask you a couple things. Are you currently facing a decision in your life? Is there something going on in your relationships, in your job, in your family? Are there decisions here even in, within our church? Are there things that are coming up that we're going to have to make sometimes maybe life-altering decisions? Amen. Are you facing some of these questions, amen, today in your life? I'm here to tell you, if you are, you don't have to make a bad decision. Number one, don't act before you think. Trust God's power to answer. Trust God's power to lead and guide you and ask and pray and seek God for His guidance and direction in your life. I promise you, if you will bow humbly before God and ask for His direction, I promise you He will give you an answer. It may not come when you want it, but he'll be right on time. It may not be the way you think it ought to go, but it'll be the answer that God knows you need in your life. If you're facing something, don't act before you think. Trust God. Don't get impatient. Trust God's timing. Be patient and know that God will answer in his perfect timing. Don't do what's right in your own eyes. Trust God's plans. Don't take matters into your own hands, but let God and God's word direct your paths. What does the psalmist say? Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Man, we could go on this morning, amen. So many scriptures that remind us if we will just hold to the truths of God's word, that his word will never fail us. In fact, it says in Psalm 1, if we meditate on His Word day and night, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. You want to prosper in your life? You want, to, you want, to, you want God to to bless your marriage. You want God to bless your family. You want God to bless this church. You want God to bless your job. You want God to bless the, the work of your hands. Meditate on His Word. Turn your heart and life over to Him. Surrender it fully to Him. If there's areas of your life that you've not surrendered, if you've got things in your life that are not lining up with the Word of God, get those things behind you. Get them covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Repent of those things. Turn away from them and trust God that He is going to lead and guide and direct you. Let me ask you this. Have you allowed some good attentions to turn into bad decisions already in your life? Well, the good news is that you've got the opportunity today to make things right. You can still turn a bad decision into a good decision. 
You can repent. You can ask for forgiveness. You can go back and make restitution for the hurt that you've caused. Amen. You can make things right. But the most important thing, before you try to make it right with somebody else, make it right with him. You get your relationship with him right, everything else in your life will fall into place. I had an old preacher tell me this one time, and I, I'm reminded of this, and I, I'll never forget this. The question was asked, how, are you, how have you been so successful throughout your ministry, throughout your work for the Lord? He was well and up in age. What have you done? I mean, your marriage, you've been married for 50 plus or 60, whatever it was, 60 plus years at the time. What's the key to your success? He said, I put God first. I put my family second. I put my church third. And everybody else takes a number. He had priorities. He knew he comes first. Right? And if I get that relationship right, this relationship will be right. And if this relationship is right, this relationship will be right. And if this relationship was, is right, that relationship will be right. Amen. Wherever we are today, if you're fighting some things and you've got some battles going on, some decisions in your life that you've got to make, some decisions that you've already made in your life and you know you've made the wrong one, I'm here to tell you this morning, the one that can restore, the one that can replace, the one that can bless, the one that can answer is here. I don't have it. If you're looking forward in me this morning, you won't find it. But I can, I can carry you to the man who can. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing over this house. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit, God, would walk the aisles and the pews of this church, God. And if there be a heart and a life in here today, God, that something in this message has touched or something in the song service has blessed or something that has pricked our hearts this morning that we know, God, without any shadow of a doubt this morning that we need you. God, I ask you, Lord God, right now, whatever it may be, whether it's something we talked about in the message or whether it's something completely different. God, if there's a need in the house of God this morning, I pray, God, that you would begin to touch hearts and lives, begin to speak, God, to those, God, that need, God, a move of your spirit in their lives, God. And I pray, God, that we get the answer, God, that we need before we leave this place this morning. In Jesus' name. I want your heads bowed, eyes closed just for a minute. I'm going to ask you, do you need to pray this morning? I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call you out. I won't, amen, make you do anything that you don't want to do this morning. But I just want to ask, is anybody, amen, do you need to spend time in prayer this morning? I'm going to tell you, there is power in prayer. And there's power uh, in coming to the altar. There's power in stepping out by faith and saying, you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else uh, has going on in their lives. Uh, I've got one thing that I need to do. And I need to get to the throne of grace that I can find help in my time of need do you need something from the Lord this morning do you want to spend a season in prayer with him today do you need special prayer this morning you need a touch in your body you need healing this morning he's here amen he can answer the prayer that's in your life you know what I'm gonna do something a little different this morning I don't know that I've ever done this 
I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you, and I won't make you do anything you don't want to do. But I'm going to ask you something this morning. I'm going to put the microphone down, and I'm going to make myself an altar. And I'm going to ask as many as will, if you will step out from where you are and come to the altar this morning and pray, the whole church. If you don't want to come to the front, pray where you are. Amen. I'm going to ask you, can we just spend a season in prayer this morning? I can't let this go this morning because I feel like God is wanting to do something in somebody's life. Will you step out this morning? Will you come? Will you be obedient to God's call on your life this morning? As many as will. Again, if you don't want to come to the front, amen, come up to the, if you don't want to come to the altar, come to the front pew. If you don't want to come there, amen, make an altar where you're at right there. As many as will, amen, let's just have a season of prayer, amen, today. And let's just cry out to God, amen, whatever it is, because I know we all have needs, and I know we all have things in our lives, amen, that we need God to touch and bless and move for us. And so, amen, just call out to him this morning, amen, just ask God, amen, to touch and move in your life.